0: If there's one thing I can't bear, it's when hundreds of old men come creeping in through the window in the middle of the night and throw all manner of garbage
1: all over me. (laughs) This is our Everest. Greetings, Culture Vultures, and welcome to This Is Our Everest, the analogue TV podcast that can do an impression of your dad.
0: (sighs) First I was angry. Then I was disappointed. (laughs) Then I didn't really understand what was going on. Then I just thought it was bad. And then I found something else... Offensive altogether.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, I, I can see that. It's, it's sort of a, offensive on, on um a variety of levels. Epic scale,
0: an epic scale. I've maintained as this wretched series has gone on that <laughs> I've been taken aback at how much racism and casual homophobia and misogyny. Yeah there was on yep. TV as late as the 1990s. And,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: you know, I, I don't mention transphobia because they just didn't exist in that world to these people. But yeah, even by true. the standards of some of the shit that we have been watching, this plumbed <laughs> so many new lows. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm feeling very pleased with myself. You are, yeah, I know you are. But you know, I did tell you that it stank, and you—you were—you yeah. you were being quite uh, upbeat about it. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, I—I—I I, I thought. Well, how bad can it be in 1985? Well, now you know. And I wasn't expecting such a precise answer. Uh, we haven't even mentioned the name of the programme. No, yet. we haven't. My recording device has been going for four minutes. I don't know how much of this made it into the podcast, but we've been going on about how terrible this programme is for at least two minutes, and we haven't mentioned its name yet.
1: No. <laughs> we've been watching, this week, Copycats, the LWT-produced ITV Saturday evening sketch and impression show from 1985 this is that's the first series of if you can believe it the first series of three that they made yeah between 1985 and December 1987 I'm not sure exactly what the broadcast date of this episode is I I, all I can say is it it is a 1985 episode because it's doesn't have Hilary O'Neill in it yet. Okay. I mean, it's a fairly standard format. It's your quick-fire sketches, impressions, skits, the sort of programme that you would get in the 1970s. In fact, they had one. It was called Who Do You Do? And two of the people that were in Who Do You Do are in this. Right. Aidan J. Harvey and Johnny Moore. Okay. Well, I
0: only cared for two performers. You okay. know which two already.
1: Is one of them Gary Wilmot? Gary Wilmot and
0: the Davro.
1: No, no time for uh, Jessica Martin. No, who is incidentally the recipient of the multiple appearance Claxon because she okay. was in the TeleAddicts Christmas special that we watched during the Advent oh, okay, calendar. right?
0: So right, but Jolly she good. is
1: the only, the only recipient of the Claxon this week. Right, uh, and I can only hope that none of them will be ringing yeah. our bell any time soon <laughs> even, I mean even Gary Wilmot and I love Gary Wilmot
0: Gary Wilmot, to give him his full name in this show, Token B Black Man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he, he appears for one sketch for about 45 seconds, and then he has one tiny little line at the very end of the show, and that is it. And here's the thing, right? Yeah. When you watch those ridiculous, Ridiculously elongated closing credits. For fuck's sake. Even when... Even when you think it's over. They drag it out for like another two or three minutes. They stop the music every ten seconds for another shitty impersonation. I didn't even write any of those down. I couldn't be fucking bothered.
1: I have to confess, I've been goading you all week. Suggesting how long the closing titles are knowing full well that however much I said there is no way that you would have believed the closing titles were that long
0: it's such a weird
1: (laughs) (laughs) I've I've never seen anything like it
0: it feels a bit as though they've come up two minutes short and they haven't got another sketch that they can finish on
1: which is, that's be galling in itself considering the sketches that got through
0: but here's the thing you see When they do that closing title sequence...
1: I timed it. How
0: long was it? Five minutes and one second. Motherfucker. Five minutes and one (laughs) second. The programme was only 25 (laughs) minutes long. (laughs) 20% of it taken up with the closing credit.
1: (laughs) Now you say it like that, it sounds faintly ridiculous. Which is
0: astonishing, if you think about it. When they're doing this extravaganza closing title sequence... They're all sitting in a kind of V-shape wearing white jackets.
1: Yeah, it's b- your basic um, casino yeah. royale tux. And who's been
0: pushed front and centre? Well, Davro and Wilmot, yeah. obviously. Yeah, Dav Wilmot has been in it for, I would say, no more than a minute and five seconds.
1: Well, no, I mean, he, he was uh, a central character in one of the sort of running... Was he? thematic devices well yeah he was playing Floella Benjamin oh, was he? he? did you what you didn't you thought now here's the thing I about this I thought it this. was
0: one of the anonymous white guys blacked up yeah
1: here is the thing about that programme it is galling enough that it's you would assume that, that somebody would have just blacked up rather than having the black person in the cast player and you hadn't even spotted that it actually was yeah Gary, God, oh my, that's that's the mindset that this program puts you in. You think, oh, my brain is so degraded now. No, I that mean, I'm, it, I, I'm willing to accept anything. It didn't help that
0: it was being shot on those cameras that we talked about before.
1: Oh, yes, uh, we have that, mentioned that. Give
0: everything that sort of very glossy, very uh, kind of light, pastel tint.
1: Yeah, it's a gloss that the material of the programme deserves. Yeah,
0: it was a specific type of camera we established when we did our six o'clock show episode.
1: Yeah, so go back to that, because actually we... Yeah, go back to that. I've got all, all the out.
0: technical detail in there. I've forgotten it now. Yeah. Um...
1: In your face world.
0: So there's all that going on, on this. And it is quite a, kind of quite pixely. I think it's an old VHS rip that somebody has yeah. digitised at a very low... This is probably
1: uh, not re- available on DVD.
0: And there are so many anonymous white guys.
1: And don't forget that they will freely black up as well. That's already established in this programme.
0: I think that the rest of the programme, as we proceed through it, will justify what I'm saying, why I was taking that in such bad faith.
1: <laughs> well, look, as I say, there are three main strands of this programme. You've got a segment called Blue Play School, which is like a skit on sort of Blue Peter and play. I think it's called Blue Play School because Gary Wilmot was shoehorned in as Floella Benjamin, who, of course, wasn't in Blue Peter. So there had to be Blue Play mm. School. Uh, yeah. And then... The second strand is the "Can't Tell" piano hits music album advert. Um, yeah, which sort of rumbles on with uh, several lousy impressions of, of pianists and. Yeah,
0: I mean, let's let's be clear about this. Yes. For all that I have to say about Davro, <laughs> and I have a lot to say about Davro. Okay. There is no question that you can tell that if one of these people is going to go on to do something, it's him.
1: But it's also For... point out that uh, in the cast is also Andrew O'Connor, who later went on to produce the Holy Bible of modern-day woke comedy, Peep Show. Mm-hmm. But in 1985 was writing, writing, and starring in copycats.
0: That's an appalling...
1: Well, you know. yeah, I think the fu- when you consider actually absolute juvenile nature of most of the humour in this, it will probably I- explain Andrew O'Connor's next career move, which was to children's television, where is where I first became aware of him.
0: If you are going to be willfully homophobic, racist, yeah. Sexist, yeah uh, you know all this shit, and oh, incompetent <laughs> then you've got to be funny, yeah, there's no fucking room for maneuver on that, yeah, it's i mean yeah, I, I, but yeah, I might not like it anyway, actually, even if it is funny no, I, no. Um, I i I tend to just walk away from anything like that these well, days, well, yeah,
1: I was thinking, the old um, the old saying that I, I picked up long ago on a documentary. Um, it was Simon Day, the comedian, who said it. And I think it is a fundamental, universal truth of both comedy and life, which is if someone tells a joke, you either laugh or you don't. Mm. And ultimately, you know, the, the, it means that someone could tell an offensive joke. Yeah. And you'll laugh and it will be a reflex and it's just because you found it funny. You, yeah. it's not necessarily big of you or clever of you, but it's the, that's the way it is yeah this program fails on both counts as I said, there were three main strands Blue Play School, the piano advert uh-huh. and then the third main strand is people doing impressions of other people who are doing their material yeah so for example there's be a, there's a Kenny Everett bit, there's a Joan Rivers bit. There's a CU Jimmy bit. Yeah. So what you've got there, essentially, is someone doing a poor facsimile
0: yeah.
1: of someone else's material.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And the, their impression is in itself a poor facsimile. Of, yeah, and that's it's, all... It's it... like someone's taken Mike Reed or or Russ Abbott and just photocopied them and then photocopied the photocopy and then photocopied and then put it on the television.
0: Yeah, I noticed that kind of several times over. Yeah, Mike Reed was one. The Russ Abbott one was the most egregious one, because that's them doing an impersonation of Russ Abbott, doing an impersonation of a Scotsman.
1: It's absolutely shameless, isn't
0: it? I, I was thinking about that, actually, while the programme was going on. I was thinking, what are the copyright implications of this?
1: It's, it's a mangled mess. Hey, listen, listen. I went to the dancing the other night. Oh, it was great.
0: I love it dancing. Oh, yes. I walked in. I walked in. I was dancing this wee girl. I was dancing round and round. She said, you'll have to stop. I said, are you getting dizzy? She said, no, you're unscrewing my wooden
1: leg. <laughs> Let's deal with each of these strands independently because, of course, the nature of the programme is that they're all sort of split up into little chunks. It's like the Fast Show, but if the Fast Show was evil... So it's like the Bizarro Fast Show. Yeah. So the first Strand, Blue Play School. It's a, a skit of Blue Peter and Play School. And it manages to be egregiously offensive on a number of levels. It's racist. It is unbelievably homophobic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's largely unfunny. Although it does get the biggest belly laughs from the studio. Well, Bobby Davro... Teaching people how to make their own wine.
0: Hello, and today I'm going to show you how to make. <laughs> I'm going to show you how to make some very, very lovely and very, very appetising homemade, <laughs> very appetising homemade or white wine. <laughs> it's ever so simple to make. I make excellent present for your mummy and daddy.
1: <laughs> now all you need are some grapes some sugar and of course a basin full of warm water and not forgetting a 14 pound clarifying sedimentary demijohn. <laughs> Incidentally, that was an impression. Now, from 30, how many years is it now? 36 years remove. I was completely unaware. But it is an, an actual impersonation of the Blue Peak presenter Michael Sundin. Who was a short lived Blue Peter presenter from about 1985 86? I
0: think I was possibly a little bit too old for Blue Peter by then.
1: He was sacked. Was he? It was rumoured because of a gay incident. Oh. And he died of what was rumoured to be AIDS, but actually I believe it was cancer. A few years later, he was very young, and he was from Newcastle. Which obviously you wouldn't know if all you knew about Michael Sundin was that impersonation, because that that wasn't a Geordie accent. <laughs> <sighs> that that Geordie accent made Les Dennis's attempt at Gaza in the Les Dennis Christmas Laughter <laughs> Show look like Jimmy Nail. It's just, <sighs> <laughs> I'm uh, I'm.
0: Oh, sorry I'm just rubbing my temples. It's the only response it's... really. I just don't get it. What's the joke is this that
1: this is a kid show and he's making wine? I think yeah it, the whole thing actually serves as a setup so that each visit to Blue Play School can get progressively more drunken. Yeah. Which obviously is funny. It's... There's a list. There's a list. They pinned it to the office wall. A list of things that are funny, right? And and it read, people being drunk. Yeah. People being a different race to you. Yeah. And people having a yeah. different sexual preference yeah. to you. And then, of course, under that, in big letters, it said, incidentally, these last two things are bad. Yeah, <laughs> you are better than them. So punch down, punch, punch down, good and hard. Yeah, it's a it's a horrible, mean spirited program. the The next visit to Blue Play School after uh, Michael Sundin has made the wine is I'm not sure if it was meant to be Simon Groom, the famously not gay man, but he would he essentially just did some material about fancying soldiers. Yeah. Which the audience gladly lapped up because obviously he's a man yeah. and soldiers are men. And because, and, you know, gay, well, but gay men are...
0: Well, because three. Gay men are just insatiable.
1: Gay men are insatiable and very funny. Yeah. It's more of the same. And it's
0: not going anywhere. It's just a chance to kind of lash out, isn't it? You know?
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. There's
0: nothing going on of any value.
1: So all that's left it's primary school yeah. humor. Is this if you did that at secondary school? People would say, you know, people in your year would say, "Grow up!" Yeah, you some sort of fucking kid. It's absolute juvenilia of the worst kind. huh. The whole program is—it's like a physical manifestation of what the doldrums is. Yeah, it's every shitty half-assed desperately unfunny idea that you've ever had and in some sort of madness of self-aggrandisement written down and then some coke hoover from LWT has found it and gone, oh, put that on the telly. It is. It's, it's, it's an horseshit.
0: absolute rotting carcass of a programme. <laughs> it is despicable in Every way that I can think. Gary Wilmot should be fucking ashamed of himself for having gotten involved with and going through with. He must have been able to see at rehearsal. If there was one, which I'll come back to, stick a pin in that. (laughs) There is no way that he didn't see or couldn't see beforehand what he was getting himself involved in. Jesus fucking Christ.
1: If there had been any sort of rehearsal, uh, you would have hoped that Gary Wilmot would have seen the Winifred Atwell performance. Yeah. For the piano thing, which featured a a blacked up white man slowly becoming progressively more white while they played the black and white rag. Yeah. All the while, you know, gurning and doing all kinds of...
0: Don't tell me that you didn't know in 1980 fucking... Five. whoever yeah. was involved in this programme, whoever was in the studio audience laughing at it, whoever watched it and didn't switch it off five minutes in, you should be
1: fucking ashamed of yourselves. I'll tell you who was watching in the studio audience was uh, Andrew O'Connor mm. as a sort of Rowan Atkinson not the 9 o'clock news style um, person who stands up and remonstrates oh, audience, I, I thought whereas... that
0: was Rick Mayall
1: well, it's it, there were a number of there were a number of people who did it, and it's it's worth pointing out that they all did it much better than that. What's happened to British Rail? This is the age of the strike. <laughs> and that new slogan, that, that new slogan they've got, to, um, we are getting there. What a load of waddle! <laughs> a few weeks ago, my train was so late. By the time I got home, my wife had remarried. <laughs> and Andrew O'Connor. I'm not entirely sure how old he was at the time. I think he's. Pro- I think he's in his late fifties now, which would put him somewhere in his mid twenties. Mm-hmm. And this was probably his first big TV gig. But he looks fifteen years younger again, mm-hmm. and he doesn't have any of the gravitas required to put. And the joke in it, they're just shit. It's just shit. I didn't write down <laughs> a single joke because I just. I
0: just didn't think. They were worth repeating.
1: Do you know, there's one one bit of this programme made me laugh. And it is one single solitary bit. And it's nothing even that anybody says. It's in the segment towards the end of Blue Play School where Floyla Benjamin, stick a pin in that, is talking to Johnny Morris. And they both have a little snifter of Michael Sundin's homemade wine bracing themselves for this powerful drink. Right. But it that was a second in half an hour. And it was just a noise, and it being stupid.
0: Yeah. i I didn't find that funny.
1: It was nice to be in the presence of something that it was just good-naturedly stupid and rehearsed and not predicated on punching down at someone
0: well it's funny you should say rehearsed because i mentioned incompetence <laughs> earlier well, yeah
1: yeah so what's with the corpsing there was a bit of corpsing yeah i mean gary wilmot did some corpsing as floella benjamin during the john noakes bit there's one bit where they stopped for like 10 or 15 seconds
0: Oh, it's and it's like dire. I don't I get that you they're doing like a lot of this on a stage in front of quite a large studio yeah, audience
1: yeah. I you know everyone likes a bit of corpsing but but cor- corpsing when there's nothing funny in evidence you, a, does seem a little overindulgent. you don't leave it in yeah that's, that's true. why
0: people don't do TV shows live
1: yeah and because the ones that do end up with loads of corpsing
0: yeah. It's so unprofessional. I don't understand. You're in a recording studio. Go back and record the sketch again.
1: But maybe, maybe it was the fact that they were corpsing proved to be the fu- one of the funniest things that they recorded, and that that makes sense because oh. the rest of it is horse shit, horse, pig, and dog shit just mixed, mixed together.
0: together in a bowl and liberally yeah. sprinkled with diarrhea.
1: <laughs> well, I must thank you for all of your letters last week. Our mailbag was overflowing. <laughs> the postman looked absolutely knack-tired. <laughs> <laughs> Most of your letters were about our film item last week with John Noakes. Now, there's a man who doesn't know the meaning of the word fear. In fact, he doesn't know the meaning of quite a lot of words. <laughs> now, Floella Benjamin, for, for, for a start... Don't be doing an impression of Floella Benjamin if you've not got the chops. And don't be sticking the boot into Floella Benjamin because she is the queen. Well, I mean, obviously she's not the queen. But as far as I'm concerned, if I saw Floella Benjamin, I think I would pass out. Right. Because, you know, this is an immense figure in my childhood. I hold Floella Benjamin in great esteem. Gary Wilmot actually is quite a capable impersonator. Yeah. But you know he's not God he you know give him Muhammad Ali or Michael Jackson or something like that and he can do it Floella Benjamin yeah I mean I looked at that
0: I, I looked at it and I was just like I just I'm just gonna kind of half look away from this and I'm just not I don't wanna
1: yeah we you're watching the low point of someone's life uh it's a kindness to look away. Ultimately, so it actually is a kindness to look away because in one of those spots where he's being Florella Benjamin and the laughs aren't coming, he essentially, while dressed as sort of raggedy Ann, yeah, just gurns and mugs and dances until mm. it, you know he's so grotesque. Yeah. The, the, there's a sort of a burble of laughter. Yeah. It's one of the most unedifying spectacles I think I've ever seen. It's
0: pathetic, is what it is. It is <laughs> it pathetic. Now, how many of these podcasts have we done now?
1: 70, what, 60, on 60,
0: 70, something like that. A lot. And we've had some horrible bullshit in this. We had the fucking black and white minstrel show in this.
1: Yeah, that's pretty
0: horrible. Yeah. Old. And. This is the most horrible, unpleasant, mean-spirited, openly, proudly, racist, homophobic piece of garbage that I've seen. Um, Yeah, I think that's fair. He was a willing participant in that, and I don't know how else to put it, you know. His outlook has almost certainly changed since then. He may well not be proud of it. I don't know.
1: Well, he seems like a, a reasonable bloke, doesn't he? he yeah. Seems like I, an no, I have no man. reason.
0: I have no reason to think otherwise. And I'm far more upset because I haven't even moved on to this motherfucker yet. <laughs> Davro.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, we are always going to have to spend a majority of the, the time discussing Davro. Out of all of the performers. Because he right. is the, the he is the standout. Um, he's the standout because he's
0: the most hyperactive.
1: Definitely, definitely.
0: The most inverted commas outrageous. I prefer the word egregious.
1: I think myself. he was taking the role that Freddie Starr had in Who Do You Do? I did. Look into an episode of Who Do You Do, and I watched about ten minutes of it. Needless to say, the the level of the material hadn't progressed whatsoever at, uh, in copycats, and the impressions were better in Who Do You Do as well. But it was still awful. Yeah, because this is awful, and this is a a pale, yeah, shambling facsimile yeah. of that program. Yeah, so Freddie Starr, obviously he would do all of the twitchy, unexpected, firework-in-a-bottle stuff. Yeah. Also, he would be the one who dressed up as Hitler. And Uh, right on cue.
0: there's Davro, dressed
1: Dressed as as Hitler. Hitler. Um, It was always going to happen. It was just a a time clock running down.
0: And it's for, like, 15 seconds.
1: I know, for all of that, it's like, you, you got dressed up as yeah, Hitler for 15 seconds. Yeah, and it's seconds. like, could you just not? Although, in the other episode of Copycats, I found, because I wanted to see whether or not they're all as bad as this, or if this was just an aberration, which it isn't, there is another Hitler bit. Same sort of set, same costume. So maybe they did one sort of big bulk of Hitler thing. So he wasn't just getting dressed up to do Hitler for 15 seconds. Hmm. Although you could argue that while that is good logistics in terms of studio use, you could also argue that there's no point in having somebody dress up as fucking Hitler yeah. in 1985.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, is that when it just keeps on happening, you know, there's a bit, was, there a, was, there a, was it a Duncan Norvell or was it just
1: anonymous homosexual? I'm not sure about all of them, but I mean, obviously, there's a there's some awful there's homophobic stand up. Several of the jokes' sole punchline is gay people. Yeah, I mean,
0: I think not it's gay not worst. gay
1: people do this, or gay people sound like that, or gay gay people look like this. Just gay people. Yeah. the existence yeah of homosexuality as a thing. Is sufficient to qualify as oh well that's the punchline there On to the next sketch
0: yeah I think I think the first act after the advert break
1: might be yes. Duncan
0: Norville might oh, okay
1: be. well I did wonder about that one or maybe
0: um, Dustin G actually
1: possibly
0: inconceivably is it's but it's just you know it's just homosexual comedian.
1: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And then, then, actually, shortly after that, there's a sketch where Bobby Davro is playing... He's essaying the role of Bruce Forsyth, but Bruce Forsyth, the Doctor.
0: Yeah, well, that's where we see Wilmot as Frank Spencer.
1: No, he's not Frank Spencer, he's Norman Wisdom. Is he?
0: Yes. Oh, all right, OK, well, whatever.
1: Same difference, really. Yeah, well, the thing is, yeah, they
0: well, don't... You know, he he doesn't hardly say
1: anything. You've got normal wisdom, you've got George Burns. Yeah, George Burns I
0: recognised.
1: And uh, Bruce Forsyth is testing to see whether or not they've got normal heart function. And The way that he does this, of course, is to put the old stethoscope on the chest and then just say the names of sexy ladies, which is the way that a Bamforth's saucy seaside postcard yeah. doctor would go about doing it. That's it, as far as he can. Over here, the love, love, love. That's <laughs> it, good, good, good. Right, your name, sir? George Burns. George Burns. Right, we're just going to test your heartbeat. Here we go. Right. Ilda Robden. Good, 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 good. A of Welsh. Oh, good. perfectly normal. Take all your clothes off, go behind the screen, love. Okay, we've got that right. Yeah. Some women are, are unattractive. Some yeah. women are attractive. All right. And then the third the third person in this waiting room is el Whisty. for some fucking reason if you don't know who el wisty is he was a character that was created for uh, i believe it was the braden beat a 1960s satirical television program by peter cook yeah el Whisty was sort of an extremely repressed character who you know had a certain certain impact on the cultural zeitgeist at the time. Enough impact that they were still impersonating him in nineteen eighty five. Twenty years later, on copycats, and then of course it turns out that he's actually gay. Yeah, because they they when he's concerned that he's he's not even getting a flutter from the mention of Raquel. Well, she sends him in to join the other men, and that's when his heart starts racing.
0: Well, I mean... mean, It's going to
1: be wall-to-wall bottom sex, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean, what I would say...
1: I hated this programme.
0: I mean, what I would say is that they probably had to use a fictional character for that gag. Because if they'd used a real person, done an impersonation of a real person, that person would have sued the fuck out of them, whether it was true or
1: not. Sued their asses off
0: yeah so you can't so given that they've got to use a fictional character but what a strange leap to make
1: yeah el Whisty. el Whisty. <laughs> who could... you i get the feeling that they've been sat in the production office and they've got we've got this killer sketch here and they all read it and go yeah that is pretty funny and they go, but who can we have to be the third person? And then they put it out to pitch, who can you do? And it, it, ultimately, it's boiled down to, well, I can do El Wisty. And then Jessica Martin has said, well, I can do Peggy from Heidi High. <laughs> and they've gone, let's let's go for El Wisty. <laughs> and I think that's probably the way that happened.
0: Well, would that would that joke have worked the same with Peggy from Heidi High?
1: Well, it would have been less offensive because obviously, you know, if Peggy, I mean, if Peggy is a heterosexual, I don't know where. Oh, yeah, since.
0: yeah, 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 yeah. But they it, uh,
1: that, that but it wouldn't, wouldn't. Of course, it wouldn't have been funny. But then again, it wasn't funny anyway.
0: Yeah. And on top of that, <laughs> this program seems to be willfully trying to be offensive. So if it's not, you know, if, yeah. if it's not racist or homophobic then really they're not that interested i was looking down the list of things of like what are the redeeming features here
1: okay this is going to be this has got to be good
0: and it was the advert break
1: yeah sometimes you get these don't you and in these youtube programs the advert breaks are still in and that was I don't normally like an advert right now, but God alone knows that was a blessed relief.
0: Yeah, they had um, it was Harvey's Bristol Cream,
1: a <laughs> um, fine, a fine brew, yeah. Old Spice.
0: Yes, the, the, your classic yeah. Old Spice. A very weird Maxwell House advert with two <laughs> birds. A Max Headroom advert for radio yeah. rentals.
1: Doesn't get more nineteen eighty five than a Max Headroom. Yeah, advert. and
0: that was part of an advert for the Southwestern Electricity Board. It was weird. It was like an advert within an advert, and that, that you know that was that was pretty cool. I I thought for about ten seconds that Davros' impersonation of Neil Sedaka wasn't bad until he stopped being an input. Just you know, if he'd done the song, I might have been able to cope with that. But, of course, he
1: started trying to be funny. One thing about that is he does get crooked off. Yeah. People getting crooked off isn't something you see enough of. And I think, actually, this programme probably demonstrates why that is. In a cartoon, it's very easy to crook someone off. Very
0: quick. It has to be quick. Because,
1: yeah, because the logistics of actually doing it are very different, as they found out here, where they were sort of having to carefully loop... Yeah. ..the... The crook around the neck, the very sensitive area, Mm. on what is, marginally speaking, a sentient human being. Yeah. Uh, So it was sort of a slow motion crooking off. But he did get crooked
0: off. Uh...
1: (laughs) That was was possibly the only redeeming feature that I could come up with. Well. And incidentally, if any of you are inspired to watch this programme, for God's sake, don't read the YouTube comments. Because the slew of people going, ah, oh, this is proper comedy, you won't be able to do this nowadays, will honestly make you just crushed. It's a bad enough time as it is at the moment. Yeah. You know, we're all at the our, our lowest ebb, you know. And hoping that we're at our lowest ebb, because, you know, the darkest hour, just before the dawn and all that. Yeah. But treading water or not you don't need to see those fucking YouTube commenters and j- you know these people make me sick because <laughs> they've got they've got program- they go you wouldn't get programs like this anymore there's plenty of programs like this and if you can't find new ones just go on YouTube you've already gone there
0: yeah you're you're in the best place to find these yeah. programmes.
1: So what are you doing complaining about... Are you using the thing that's giving you what you want to complain about the thing that wasn't giving Because to be you honest you with want? you, if I fucking reported all this shit, it would all get yeah. taken down tomorrow. As Gary Wilmot should. Yeah. I mean, we don't normally espouse this. We generally have a policy where we want The stuff to stay up for as long as possible, you know, that we talked about, so that other people can see it. But I would be broadly supportive of this. Oh, I
0: wouldn't. I I wouldn't be. Yeah, I I wouldn't be. I, I suppose my view is that I just I don't care either way. You know, if it goes, it goes, and that's as that's as hardcore as I ever get on it. You know, I don't ever actively encourage. Things being removed or destroyed. Um, book burnings. Yeah, book burnings. I'm the same <laughs> on death. I don't Okay. speak ill of people when they die. But I do consider my refusal to comment to be a statement in itself.
1: I find that very interesting. I shall be... Keeping an eye on your Twitter stream very carefully when I myself die.
0: Yeah, well, you know, you, so you pay close attention to the number of times that I say that to you.
1: I wish you were dead. Ah, oh dear. Anyway, all of that joy unconfined brings Fuck us it. to... Fuck it. Fuck it all to hell. Our creamy centres. Yeah. For this week. How, really now, in, a me. bit of a catch up on last week because I know that you've been watching shang Uh, yeah. How how many episodes of Shang-A-Lang did you watch?
0: Um, I watched about three. Oh, I watched the last one. I wanted to know
1: how <laughs> it mean, ends. Yeah,
0: I wanted to know what what condition they were in by yeah. uh, by the last one and uh, sodden they're exactly the same as the first one and then oh. i thought ah, oh, i think i know the reason for that
1: um cocaine
0: amphetamines
1: ah yes the original no I, I think that's rumors. an
0: established fact with basically rollers that tam payton was force feeding them amphetamines
1: he's an all-round lovable character at least one it? of them anyway what have you been watching this week
0: wellity 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 uh,
1: how many do i get i can't remember you can have as many as you like because i've only got reason.
0: one that's the thing
1: i know that you watched an episode of celebrity squares uh i did because you sent me a photograph of it yeah i did watch Actually, an episode of
0: celebrity squares
1: that that is one of the most stellar casts i've ever seen in my life nine Nay, ten, because one of them is Ray Allen and Lord Charles.
0: Yeah, it's a good it's a good photo, isn't it? What a line-up. i tell you what I have done this week, actually, is I watched all four of the classic David O'Reilly animations on YouTube. Okay. Which are Octocat Adventures, RGBXYZ the external world and please say something
1: yes
0: I found all of those on YouTube and watched them all oh, if you haven't seen them I, I recommend watching them but they are hard work
1: I think I've only seen the external world out of those and that, yeah. that is uh, har- hard it was harrowing work. Harrowing. Yeah,
0: I, I watch. Um, if you've seen you sort world, and you watch, uh, please say something. Hmm. You you have to. It's it's a weird one. It's kind of protected on YouTube. It doesn't turn up in YouTube searches. Oh my god! But if you search on uh, Google, <laughs> please say something, David O'Reilly. <laughs> if you search for that on Google, the it take goes to his website. Um, no. And you can then get to the web to the YouTube page from his website. I knew this
1: would happen with our creamy centres. Eventually, we would start looking for things on the dark web.
0: Yeah, please, please say something. It's cool. It's really good. It's kind. Of, it's really sad as well, and quite fucked oh, up.
1: Jesus Christ!
0: So let's lighten the mood, and I'll also point out that I found out one day earlier this week that Slade in Flame. What? What? The full movie is on YouTube. Wow! So get on that before it gets Slade taken in down Flame.
1: Because... Is that like a real world Slade at home? No,
0: it's um, it's a movie starring Slade oh as a band called Flame, who are basically Slade, and it's really good. It's really good. It's it's really kind of dark. Are there
1: copper soups in it?
0: It's no. <laughs> It's really about the kind of like the underside of the chase towards fame. Oh my God. So it's, it is, you know, I'm not even joking about this. Slade and Flame is a really good film and you should watch it. Was that your so creamy you centre this that's week? That's my creamy centre for this oh, week. That's
1: pretty exciting. My creamy centres this week, I watched Nine Days in Berlin, which is a documentary that was made by Formula E. About the uh, challenges of their season finale last year, which
0: Formula One, yeah,
1: well, no, yeah, it's motor racing. It's the Formula E. It's electric uh,
0: single seater. Formula electricity.
1: Yeah, Formula electricity. They finished their season last year with six races over nine days at the Berlin-Tempelhof airport. I've been there. Well, so, Formula E, and they, um, they, they've they done a little film about that, so I watched that. That was quite interesting. Okay. I also watched, and this wasn't on YouTube, but it leads on to what I watched on YouTube. I watched the film Love, Gilda, which is a documentary about Gilda Radner, the okay. right. actor from Saturday Night Live, etc., Yes. And then I watched uh, some Gilda Radner doing Rosanna Danner. Yeah. And and And, so forth on SNL.
0: Yeah. And And neither of us need to add the fact that we've both been watching The Muppets.
1: Oh, yeah, obviously we've been watching The
0: Muppets. Which landed on Disney Plus at the end of last week, all five series of The Muppets.
1: And then after, after that, I fell down a bit of a Saturday Night Live wormhole, which ended in me watching Final 24, John Belushi. Uh, final oh, right. 24 yeah. is a Canadian series. Yeah. Uh, which talks about the final 24 hours in the lives of lots of uh, famous people.
0: I, I've i seen the one of those of Jim Morrison.
1: Well, there's, yeah, there's Jim Morrison, there's Keith Moon, there's Janis Joplin.
0: The bloke who they had playing Jim Morrison <laughs> did not look much like Jim Morrison.
1: No, that it's that they do have variable standards. Quality, it,
0: variable quality. In the jo, the John
1: Belushi one, the bloke who plays John Belushi looks enough like John Belushi that you could be forgiven for thinking that they had somehow reincarnated John Belushi, only to kill him again with a. Reconstruction of his last 24 hours on Earth.
0: God, imagine the tension of getting that one right on the first take.
1: Well, it's, yeah, it's... Because it's, you that,
0: don't get that, infinite jambalushies. You
1: don't get infinite takes when the speed balls are coming out. No. Anyway, we've watched Copycats.
0: We're never watching it again.
1: Now comes the reckoning. Next week. Next week. Ian's Choice. I give
0: you a selection.
1: Well, yeah, this the is first, interesting, yeah.
0: The, the first choice that I give you yes, is Series 1, Episode 1 of Stars In Their Eyes Kids.
1: Yeah, now this, is, this was known to me in advance, so I've had time to mm. digest that, but I'm still marginally horrified. So... That's, you know, that's the money. I've got that. That's safe.
0: That's safe. The alternative that I can offer you OK, is Ian's lucky crevice. Well, reach on in and see what you pull out. I think you're going to need a sound effect for this. By <laughs> the way.
1: I think I'm, I'm as you. I think you you probably planned this in, with using great psychological understanding, but I'm definitely going to go for a delve in Ian's lucky crevice. You know, I don't really necessarily subscribe to the better the devil, you know, way of thinking. Right. Because I'm an idiot. I'm a reckless idiot. Interesting. Okay. In
0: that case, it is something that is not on the list.
1: Well, as long as it's on the YouTube, we don't have. A it problem. is. It is. It better not be slayed in flame. From
0: 1988 Noel Edmonds Saturday Roadshow from the Kremlin. Oh, yeah.
1: fucking hell, man. I knew this was going to happen one yes. day. Yes! <laughs>
0: no i i think this is going to be a good one i think it's going to be a i think this is going to be like the start of um his descent into madness
1: well i mean you know saturday roadshow was the program in that became the house party and i think the house party obviously was the production crew going do we have to come up with a different set every week Can we not just have one set? And they went, all right. I've got
0: so many things that I can just line up. It's it's glorious. I love the modern age.
1: Well, yeah, it has its moments.
0: I think I might have (laughs) Stockholm Syndrome. (laughs) 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 He's given himself Stockholm Syndrome. I'm actually never going to leave this house again and just sit in my bedroom with me. My yeah. my kidnapper.
1: It's going to be the first ever recorded case of deux with one person. Yep. folia un. Yeah. folia un.
0: Yeah, there you go, you see. <laughs>
1: um, right then. Noel Edmonds' Saturday Roadshow from the fucking Kremlin.
0: From the Kremlin. In
1: 1988, <laughs> he's going to be
0: chilling out with Gorbachev. There's going to be a hilarious practical joke involving Stalin's corpse, <laughs> Lenin, Lenin's corpse. All of maybe the maybe both boxes. of them.
1: Yeah, they're going to dig up <laughs> Tsar Nicholas II's skull and th- th- I yep. don't know, throw it at a kid.
0: And that's all next week.
1: All it's all ahead of us.
0: Yeah, so um, we will be back the same time next week. You might. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, we're both off to you Mike, we're both off to drinks and bleach <laughs> I'm going to
1: Barbados
0: yeah oh Christ. not again <laughs> can't keep me away yeah. we'll be back again same time next week thanks very much for listening bye bye